This is episode 75 of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode. And find out more about our show at familylife.org. Coffee? Check. Music? Check. Fun and encouragement? Check and check. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. As we get ready to celebrate America's independence, we have a whole different kind of independence, a different kind of freedom in Christ. What does it mean? For me, just simply, I don't have to be a people pleaser oh, anymore. Wow. For many, many years, it's like, okay, I want to avoid conflict at all costs. <laughs> I want to make sure this person's happy and this person's happy. And I'll be the guy. I'm not sure if that comes from a result of being the youngest. Of I'm not sure if that's uh, one of those things. I might be. Might be. I, I, I can how, relate to that. I don't know how all those work. But anyway, I wanted to keep the peace everywhere I went, even as a kid. Okay, I'm keeping the peace. I'm keeping the peace. And then in that case, I want to do things that please people. But then in my early 30s, when I... I gave my life to Christ, uh, and it's been a process, and probably up until the last, I'd say, uh, 10 years or so, maybe a little bit more than that. But uh, it's now, every time I make a decision on things, it's like, all right. I mean, I really, it's like, if it, there's a problem, it's like, okay, is this going to please Jesus? Mm. Is this something that I'm honoring God? Am I honoring God with this decision? And then it then it becomes the natural progression of, Okay, is this then, if it's pleasing to God, which is really only the, the thing you really need to know, but then down the line of, is it pleasing to my wife? Yeah. Is it pleasing to my kids? Mm -hmm. Will it honor them? So right. God, my wife, my kids, and then you go down the line from there. But instead of, oh, is it so much pressure before to go like, oh, what are they going to think? Oh, what are they going to think? Oh, what are they going to think? And that, at least for me, drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that freedom, when I think of freedom, I think of that freedom in well, what I'm doing now or the decision I'm making or what I'm going to say, and again, I'm not always perfect at this, but if I feel a turmoil in me, I go back to that. It's like, okay, was that decision pleasing to God? Mm. So it's a, it's a continuing journey, but it used to be a, ooh, a rocky road, hmm. and it's much smoother now when I don't have to please people. I please God, and then when you please God, those other things seem to fall in the line yes. more hmm. often than not. I wonder if people-pleasing is really biblical because you mentioned conflict a little bit. Right. And I feel like conflict is kind of at the heart of the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like our sin conflicts with salvation and we have to make a choice right there. It's like the entire crux of everything Jesus did is based on conflict, mm -hmm. you know, and the path to peace is is having that conflict resolved through him. So it's kind of funny. I think sometimes when we strive to please people, we actually do a disservice to the kingdom, hmm. you know, wow. that we yeah. don't get to the full potential of what Christ has for our lives because we're so afraid to walk into that. Yes. Right. And there's nothing, you know, don't take it the wrong way. I don't think there's anything wrong with pleasing people, but if that's your priority. Right. Right. If, that's if you're idolizing first, that. Right, right. Right. If that's first, then you run into problems. It's still yeah. good mm -hmm. to treat people and love people and honor people. Right. Uh, but that's different than people. It right. And it does right. the opposite. It's ironic because mm -hmm. you think you're doing the right thing. It's like, right. well, how could this be wrong? I'm trying to make somebody happy. Right. Oh, but man, the way it just ends up wreaking havoc, doing the exact opposite mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're bringing that in contrast with freedom because that is such a enslaving thing. 
to be stuck in. And wow, I, I just feel that a lot too, Steve. Speaking of, I just used the word slave. I'm thinking about a, a book of the Bible, the shortest one Paul wrote in the New Testament. In my opinion, it's the most moving book of the Bible, or at least to me, it's the most moving story we have in the New Testament, I think, where Paul writes the book Philemon to his friend of the same name, Philemon. The book is about his runaway slave. Philemon had this slave who ran away, found Paul, who was, oh, by the way, in prison, not free, Mm -hmm. ironic here. And Paul leads this runaway slave to Christ. And then he leads him back to his earthly master. Wait, what is going on here? This picture is this doesn't look right. Well, if there's if it doesn't feel right for a Christian to own, quote, quote, another Christian uh, as a master. Well, yeah, that's that's not right because we are free in Christ. And Paul gets that message across in the book of Philemon when he tells uh, Philemon, hey, when you receive this runaway slave back, don't receive him back as a slave anymore. He's your brother in Christ. Because the idea here, if you're free in Christ, he's free in Christ, your brother's in Christ, you don't get to lord it over other people anymore. Right. And what I think is so cool and ironic about this book, it's the only one that Paul starts as Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Mm. Now, Paul wow. was a prisoner of men when he wrote several of these books of the New mm-hmm. Testament. But this is the only one where he calls out this idea, hey, just so you know, Philemon, in case you think you're anything special to quote, quote, own another person, I consider myself a prisoner of our real master, Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. When he sets us free from our sin, from ourselves, from all of those right. things that beset us, we not only are free in Christ, we are free from Well, we don't get to lord it over other people anymore. We're all on the same playing field in Christ. We're free and we're equal together in Christ. I love that imagery of what it means when we're free together in Christ. Hmm. The idea of American nationalism seems to always take center stage during these patriotic holidays. And I think that in this country, we have this sentiment that our freedom means we can do whatever we want. I am free. Mm. I can, you know, and where that becomes an issue is when it interferes with someone else. And I've always kind of on the grounds of morality had that as my line, you know, your freedom is fine until it impacts someone else in a negative way. And then that's why we have laws and that's why we have order and things like that. If you look at the Bible for what freedom really means, it's interesting. Uh, You brought up Paul and Paul spent a lot of time in prison. So I think he knew a thing about being free or being slave. In Galatians 5.13, he says, you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. So at the heart of biblical freedom is service. And I was like, wait a second, serving someone else, that's like an indebtedness. What does that have to do with freedom? Well, think about it this way. You could be a slave to your bitterness, to your anger, to your resentment. But when you accept Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit, you're overflowing with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You're free to use those fruits of the Spirit, even when it doesn't feel 
natural, you know, in your carnal sense, you're free to have access to everything that God provides for you. And the only way that you can really use that is for other people. Like your love and your joy does nothing used on you. Like you can only be so much joy to you. You know, your joy really doesn't have impact until you use it with someone else. And the same goes for all the other fruits of the spirit. And so at the heart of freedom is service. Mm. And if you've ever had the opportunity to bless someone in service, you know that it's true. It's better to give than to receive, you know, and it's hard if you are one of those people who is self-sufficient, which I kind of put in the same box as people pleasing. It's like, yeah, it's, That's a nice thing, but I don't know if we're really supposed to live that way because when you depend only on yourself, you rob other people of the opportunity to bless and to serve. And so the freedom we have is to give that and also to be able to receive it because that's what God pours out on us. Okay, we're going to end this on a quick game show. Oh, boy. Uh One word answer. Wow. And you can play along at home or, or wherever you are in your car, wherever you're listening to this. If you are free in Jesus, you are free (gasps) indeed. (laughs) Don't hit the snooze button. Come join us. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Okay, this behavior, I know people do, and I'm I'm okay with it. There's no judgment, privacy of your own home, Mm, whatever. Okay. 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 But if a guy does this on a first date. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. 70% of women say there would be no second date. Wow. Let's hear it then. 70%. And I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked by the statistic. The behavior, licking his plate. Whoa, whoa. The shocking thing to me. Like picking it up, licking it after. Yes, which, okay, whatever. It's your house. It's really good. Go for it. We don't need to know about it. Right. Yeah. What are these 30% of women thinking? (laughs) The ones who are like, oh, yeah, that's okay. No red flags there. We're fine. Right? That is like the reddest of all the red flags that ever red flags. You know what I'm saying? It is waving. It is a banner. That is. If you're looking for fun, hope, and encouragement, you've come to the right place. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. I'm going to steal my friend's skydiving story analogy. Oh, because you're not going to go? You're not going to yeah, skydive? No, no. He got this really great lesson out of it. I'm like, man, that's so cool. And yeah. I'm just going to take that because it's not my life experience, but it's great life experience. Thank you for the lesson from skydiving because uh-huh. I'll pass on it. But here's what my buddy learned. This was so cool because... When you go skydiving, like you sure. don't you don't just just jump out of a plane. You've got to go up there with a professional, and the sure. professional they strap them, they strap you to themselves. Right. They like talk right in your ear. They are right there. You jump out of the plane. You only met them minutes before, but you've mm-hmm. got to listen to every single word they say. Uh-huh. You've got to do everything they say. Trust them completely, even though you just met them. Right, and that's when this thing hit my friend. It wasn't. Wasn't the ground that hit him? I mean, eventually he did. He did land on the ground safely. But right. that's the whole thing. Is like he realized to get here to the ground safely, right. I had to trust him. And what about the the God who right. is nearer than a skydiving instructor strapped onto my back? What about the Holy Spirit? whose voice is even closer than my ear. Wow, we forget that, don't we? Yeah. And yeah. he's right there inside of me. He didn't just meet me and learn my name 25 minutes ago. This God has known me since before I was born. 
And if I can trust the professional who I just met to get me to the ground alive and do anything he says, because, well, he's a professional, he knows what he's doing. What about trusting the God who's given himself to you today? Hmm. Hmm. So there's the lesson. Now you don't have to go skydiving either. (laughs) We're giving out smiles that you can wear all day. This is Rise Up on Family Life. I can't believe it. I found it. The thing you cannot buy online. <laughs> I this is I cannot wait to find out, Therese. What what can you not buy on the internet? You can buy everything. That's what you think. You, but right. you were sharing with me yesterday, Tim, that you do not have a fly swatter. In oh, fact, right. you yeah. save the little newspaper that comes every single week in the mailbox. It's my fly swatter. Well, that's the only thing it's good for. If I'm going to buy stuff, I'll go to the internet. When right. I get this paper in the mail, it's like, oh, well, I don't have a fly swatter. Yeah, my makeshift fly swatter. Okay, but you also are a fan of Bigfoot. Like, you believe fan. big. Bigfoot is real. Are you a fan of giraffes, Therese? You just know that they exist. It's it's okay. So So I thought, wouldn't it be funny if I could find you Uh a Sasquatch shaped fly swatter? Because even if you don't hit the fly, the fly is going to have a story to tell its friends when it's like, (laughs) this giant Sasquatch was coming at me. It's It's real. I saw it. Like, I thought that was funny. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to go online in just two days. Tim's going to have a Sasquatch-shaped fly swatter show up at his house. Cannot be found. Now, there is a... A foot shape, like that, a big foot. That's what I was thinking. Like, if you put in big foot fly swatter, you're going to get a fly swatter it's shaped a, like a foot. Shaped like a, that's not what I'm looking for. Yeah, I want the, different. you know, partial movement, elbows yeah. extended, yes. Sasquatch in the yes. woods, fuzzy shot that shaped. I- iconic scientific fly. evidence that you're talking about there. Right. Yes, that's what you're looking for. Cannot be found. Oh. I have found it. The thing you cannot buy hmm. online and just to be clear, That's... this is not a sign of the end times, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it is remarkable. You're not late. You're right on time. And we're glad you're here. This is Rise Up on Family Life. Being right, like in an argument and disagreement or something, to be mm. right, that doesn't justify acting wrongly. Because, Wait, say it one more time. Yeah, to be right mm-hmm. does not justify acting wrongly. That's good. And, and I think we should, first of all, question whether we can really be so confident that we know we're right. First of all, do we really ever know? But even if we're in a disagreement about something that really matters, an important issue, how we conduct ourselves in that disagreement, it's got to be at least as important As whatever it is that we're disagreeing about. Because if I'm right, I'm right. I'm talking about the right thing, holding up the truth. Well, if I'm making the other person feel like garbage, the Bible's really clear. What's anything worth if I'm doing it and I'm not doing it with love? If I miss out on treating other people rightly, I'm already wrong in the way that matters most. Reminding you that God is in charge today and every day. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Pat from Ithaca. Uh, Nelson Spencer, Watkins, Glen, New York. I'm Leroy Anderson, and I'm from Guys Mills, PA. Good morning. This is Mark, and I live in Townsville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> 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 May the blessings of the Lord be with you in all that you do today. This is Rise Up on Family Life.